You are listening to the Cancer from A to Z podcast with Dr. Rosalind Morell. Episode 21, how to take care of your skin, hair, and nails during cancer treatment. Hi, and welcome to the Cancer from A to Z podcast, where we discuss the issues and topics related to a diagnosis of cancer. I'm your host, Dr. Rosalind Morell. These podcast episodes are intended for informational and educational purposes only and are not a substitute for medical treatment by a healthcare professional. They do not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. Please consult your doctor or other health professional with any questions you have regarding any medical conditions. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy that you downloaded this episode and every episode. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast and sharing it with those that you care about. And I really hope that you are getting something out of it. So we are talking about taking care of your skin, hair, and nails during radiation or chemotherapy. And on today's episode, I'm going to cover how to take care of your skin first, and then we'll go into some of the changes that can happen with your hair and what to do about it, as well as what can happen with your nails. So you may be asking, well, why would I want to do an episode about skin, hair, and nail care? And the reason why is because radiation therapy and chemotherapy can cause changes to these areas of your body, and it can be quite distressing for many people. They are losing their hair, they're losing their nails, their skin may be significantly irritated. And so because of that, I thought it would be helpful to discuss how to manage these side effects. Okay, let's start off with the skin changes that can happen when you get radiation or chemotherapy or when you are getting both treatments. Now, Both therapies can cause changes in the skin, but there are differences. So I want to start with chemotherapy. A lot of times during chemotherapy, your skin can get dry and it can get very itchy. And sometimes the chemotherapy can cause your skin to darken a little bit, or some people may actually have some redness to their skin. So in order to manage this, you want to stay well hydrated and drink plenty of water. And again, anything that you are doing, make sure that you are clearing it with your physician. And using creams or lotions, that is definitely recommended. But again, check with your healthcare team. And you wanna for sure stay away from products that are heavily scented or have a lot of chemicals because when it comes to your skin being already irritated, using something that has a lot of fragrance in it, using something that is just chock full of chemicals is not going to be helpful. It's actually going to potentially make your skin even more irritated. Now, one of the areas that I want to touch upon is actually bathing and showering because a lot of people like to take really hot showers or really hot baths. And that can actually irritate your skin even more. A lot of times when you take a very hot bath or a hot shower, that hot water is actually depleting the oils in your skin and can lead to even more dryness. So if you're already experiencing dryness, itchiness from the chemotherapy, 
taking a really hot shower or a really hot bath is just going to exacerbate things. So what you want to do is just turn that heat level down, take a warm bath or a warm shower instead. And then when you get out of the shower, try not to rub your skin really vigorously with the towel. This is not the time to exfoliate your skin and really scrub really hard. And so what you really want to do is try to just blot your skin dry and be very gentle with it. Actually, I like to use the term baby your skin. So you want to just be really careful with it. And then after you're done drying off, you want to apply moisturizing creams or lotions to your skin to kind of trap that moisture in your skin so that it doesn't get too dried out. And this is another area where you actually have to be careful about the ingredients in the product, making sure that it does not have a bunch of fragrance in it or a lot of chemicals in it. So you're going to have to read the label And really pay attention to that if you're having some skin changes related to the chemotherapy. So if you're going to be outdoors, that's another area that you're going to have to kind of pay attention to also because you want to wear sunscreen when you're outside. A lot of places around the world have very intense areas where the sun can be and especially in places like Florida and Arizona and just all across many places. And so wearing sunscreen becomes crucial and you want to protect the skin from the sun. You want to, if you're going to be out and about, um, maybe on a beach somewhere, then think about wearing a rashy or think about wearing clothing that will actually block some of the rays of the sun and definitely, you know, cover up. And like I said, wear sunscreen over there uh, over your skin as much as possible. So those are a few changes that can occur during chemotherapy and and that's how um, you can manage your skin during chemotherapy. Now let's switch gears and actually talk about skin changes during radiation therapy and there's actually quite a bit of overlap. So a lot of patients during radiation therapy can get dry skin. The skin can be very itchy. It can actually darken a little bit, and there can be some redness. And the changes that occur in the skin are going to depend upon where the radiation is being directed and what amount of radiation or the dose of radiation is given to that particular part of the body. So sometimes what you will see is that if the radiation is being targeted in an area that's very deep in the body, then the skin reaction may actually be quite minimal. However, you can still see changes in the skin, and a lot of times it can start with redness of the skin, sometimes what doctors or healthcare professionals will call erythema. And you can also sometimes have hyperpigmentation or darkening of the skin or tanning. And that can occur as well. And as the skin changes occur, you can also get dryness. And sometimes there can be a rash. So if the target of the radiation is close to the skin surface, then you can definitely see these reactions and they may actually be intensified. I want to kind of make sure that you have a clear understanding that it really does depend upon what part of the body the radiation is going and how much radiation is being delivered there. So 
for instance, with patients who are being treated for, let's say, prostate cancer or rectal cancer, those individuals may not see a significant reaction on their skin. And there's definitely a difference between rectal cancer and anal cancer because patients who are being treated for anal cancer, you can definitely see some skin changes. But if you're being treated for something like prostate, you may have very minimal changes on the skin. However, if a woman or a man is being treated for breast cancer, you can definitely see changes in the skin. And a lot of times it will start off with redness of the skin, and then you can have some darkening. And then sometimes that can then move on to peeling of the skin, which can be a dry peel. And then sometimes when it's very advanced, it can actually be a moist peel. And all of this basically falls under the term radiation dermatitis. And the degree of radiation dermatitis, again, will depend um, upon those factors that I already mentioned. So this is all temporary. Generally, the redness will go away and the hyperpigmentation or tanning will fade. However, for some people, there can still be some mild hyperpigmentation long after the radiation has finished. But we will generally see that redness, that dryness resolve a few weeks after radiation has completed. And if there's been any type of dry peel or moist peel, that usually will resolve as well. So you can have a rash. Sometimes with radiation therapy, there can be some itchiness. And so a lot of times we will, as radiation oncologists, we will prescribe skin creams for our patients as they go through the radiation therapy. And the types of skin creams that are recommended may vary from physician to physician. Um, And a lot of times it depends upon you know, what they've used in the past and what they think works very well. And it will depend upon what's exactly happening with the skin. So you may hear individuals, you suggest aloe vera, meoderm. Another one uh, that's recommended is aquaphor. Another one that can be recommended is biophene. Another one is Rejuvaskin. There's Calendula. There's a product called Radex. There's a product called Silvadine and steroid creams. So that's just a few of the different creams that are used. Also, I'm sorry, there's another one called Strata uh, XRT. That's another new cream that's out on the market right now. So as radiation oncologists, I would say that probably the majority of us will recommend some type of cream for the skin or ointment for the skin so that it can help the skin as you go through the radiation treatments. And like I always tell my patients, the creams are not going to necessarily prevent the radiation dermatitis from showing up. It's not necessarily going to prevent the redness or the hyperpigmentation, but we do know that for the majority of cases, using cream on the skin is important and it can be helpful as part of the healing process. We 
always advise our patients most of the time that when you come in for your radiation treatments, you want to make sure that nothing is on your skin in terms of creams. However, there are some newer products, kind of like the Strata, where you can actually wear it during radiation therapy. But again, that's going to be based on what your physician recommends for you. Most of the time, we advise that you put your creams on after your treatments and apply them at least twice a day. Okay, let's switch over to things to avoid while you're getting radiation therapy when it comes to your skin. And I'll start off with the same thing that I talked about with chemotherapy, and that's sun exposure. You don't have to avoid the sun when you're getting radiation, and I point that out only because I have had many patients ask me, can I be in the sun at all when I'm receiving radiation therapy? And yes, you can be in the sun. You don't have to hibernate or stay indoors during the weeks that you're receiving radiation therapy. But in the area that's being treated, you do want to protect it from the sun or from excessive sun exposure. So if you can wear protective clothing, a scarf or a hat, and again, sunscreen. And if you're going to be at the beach or laying out by the pool using a sunscreen or wearing some type of bathing suit that can protect you from the UV rays from the sun. Other things to avoid, if you have radiation dermatitis, you want to avoid hot tubs. Um, You also want to avoid perfumes, talcum powder, tanning beds, and if you can, try to avoid extreme cold temperatures or hot temperatures. All right, now let's move on to hair loss when you are going through radiation or chemotherapy. We all know that there are some chemotherapy drugs that will cause hair loss. And you may ask, well, what is it about those drugs that are actually causing the hair to fall out? Chemotherapy targets rapidly growing cells. And so therefore, it can target the hair follicles. And it can cause hair loss all over the body, not just on the head, but patients will sometimes lose armpit hair and hair in other parts, their eyelashes, their eyebrows, things like that. So not all drugs can cause hair loss. And if you have been told that you need chemotherapy before you start the chemotherapy, certainly ask your healthcare provider if the type of drugs that you're going to be receiving could potentially cause some hair loss or hair thinning. And I think it's important to note that generally the hair loss is temporary. It's very rare for any hair loss related to chemotherapy for it to be permanent. And it regrows and it can take several months for it to regrow. But generally the regrowth of the hair starts about two to three months after your last chemotherapy infusion. So anywhere from three to six months after chemotherapy ends, your hair is regrowing. And the interesting thing about it is that it might be a little different than your original head of hair. And so there have been patients where the texture has been different, the color of the hair has been different. Now, this doesn't happen to everyone, 
but I have seen patients where they had straight hair before their cancer diagnosis and chemotherapy. And then after the chemotherapy ended, then their hair was curly. And I even had a patient who I think their hair was brown. And then after they finished chemotherapy, their hair was red. So again, it doesn't happen to everyone. So I don't want you to think that, oh my gosh, I'm going to get chemotherapy in my hair, my straight hair. And then, you know, now I'm going to have curly hair. That doesn't, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes we do see that. So are there ways to prevent the hair loss? Again, the hair loss is going to be related to the drugs, the type of drugs that are given, but there are some things that you can do to try to prevent the hair loss, one of them being scalp cooling caps, also called scalp hypothermia, and ask your healthcare professional or at the cancer care facility where you're being treated about that. That may be a possibility for you to use that, but you'll have to ask. I've even seen reports on the internet talking about using minoxidil on the hair, and I don't think that that is commonly recommended for patients undergoing chemotherapy. If you Google stuff on the internet, you're going to come across a lot of different things and minoxidil is used for hair loss and or hair thinning, but you need to be careful with medications such as that, like topical minoxidil, and that actually has some things in it that may not be wise for you to use as you're going through chemotherapy or after chemotherapy, so check with your healthcare professional. However, what you want to do is be gentle to your hair. You want to avoid a lot of heat styling. So if you're used to using a lot of blow dryers every day or using curling irons or hot rollers, you want to try to avoid using those things. It's also not a good idea to perm your hair or relax your hair or even bleach your hair during this time. So please try to avoid doing that. But you do want to protect your scalp. And if you're going to be outside, I know I've said this many times in this episode, sunscreen, 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 but it's really true. You have to protect your skin. So make sure that if you do have any hair loss, that your scalp is being protected with sunscreen or a head covering. Now, some people will actually, if they start to see the hair thinning or if they start to have patches of hair coming out, they will actually cut or shave it. And that is totally up to you if that's something that you want to do. Sometimes knowing that your hair is going to be coming out, a lot of people will just say, okay, well, I'm just going to cut it or shave it off because that's where it's going to get to anyway, where I'm just going to not have any hair. So I'm just going to speed up the process. But again, that's a personal decision. All right, let's switch over to hair loss during radiation therapy. And same as with the skin, it's going to depend upon what part of the body is being treated. So if the radiation is being directed to the head and therefore you're going to potentially lose hair in that area. For instance, when we are treating patients who have brain tumors, we are directing the radiation to their that part of their head. And so, yes, they will have hair loss on top of their head. And the amount of hair that does come out will depend upon the field of radiation. 
And usually it's temporary. A lot of times it's temporary, but that does depend upon the dose of radiation. So that is a little bit of a difference between radiation and chemotherapy in that if you are having radiation therapy in a very high dose of radiation is going to the area and the hair follicles are being impacted, you may actually have permanent hair loss. But if it's a lower dose of radiation, then generally it's temporary and the hair will grow back. You can get radiation dermatitis in these areas as well. So you can have a skin reaction on the scalp and you will also need to protect your scalp at that time with either a hat or or a scarf or other head covering. And you may also want to start using some skin creams on your scalp as well. If the radiation is being directed to another part of the head or like in the beard area for men, they may lose their beard. And that again can be either temporary or permanent. So it just depends upon where the radiation is going in the amount of radiation that's going there. Generally, there isn't a way to prevent the hair loss with radiation therapy. So we're generally not recommending any type of cooling caps or anything like that. It's it's very difficult to prevent the hair loss from radiation therapy. So we're generally not recommending anything for that. So that's one of the things that you may, that it, that is a difference between the chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Okay, to finish up, let's talk about nail changes that can occur. And when I talk about nail changes, I'm mostly talking about changes related to the chemotherapy Generally, you don't see changes in the nails from radiation therapy because it's quite rare for us to deliver radiation therapy to the fingers or the toes. Sometimes we do, but it's rare. So for this part of the podcast, and when I talk about nail changes, I'm talking about those those changes that can be a result of chemotherapy. So what some people will see is that the nail bed can get quite dry. It can become brittle, discolored. And there can actually be loss of the entire nail. So if you start to notice that your nails are becoming very dry, brittle, or that you see that your nails are actually coming off the nail bed, what you want to do is inform your doctor of any nail loss or and because sometimes that can be can be painful. And you want to make sure that you're not potentially going to get an infection. So if you do start to see these changes, please inform your healthcare professional. And generally, this is not the best time to be going in for a manicure or a pedicure. You don't necessarily want to do that at this time. And what also becomes very important is that if you're going to be doing any type of housework or working out in your yard or working out in your garden, you really want to protect your nails at that time. So wear gloves, put something on over your hands so that the chemicals or any type of thing, tools that you're using, you don't necessarily run the risk of damaging your nails further. And I want to stress that in the nail loss, if it does happen, it's generally temporary and the nails will grow back. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode on skin, hair, and nail care during radiation and chemotherapy. And I hope that this has helped 
in terms of letting you know what can happen when you're getting those treatments and how to take care of your skin, hair, and nails as you go through this treatment. And just remember, there are a lot of things that can occur, but a lot of times they are temporary, and it's rare for a lot of these things to be permanent. And your healthcare providers are there to help you and guide you and help you manage some of these side effects. So I hope this helps. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this information, please share this episode with them. And if you would like more information about me and my practice, please go to www.centerpointoncology.com. And there's a lot of information there on the different types of cancers that I treat with radiation therapy. Please also check out my website for the podcast at www.cancerfromaz.com. And I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Rosalind Morell and also at Cancer From A to Z. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone you care about and please leave a review. I would appreciate hearing from you and would always love to have a five-star review. Okay, so as I leave you at, at the end of every episode, be well. Thank you for listening to the Cancer from A to Z podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you subscribed and left a review. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this information, please share the podcast with them. Until next time, I am your host, Dr. Rosalind Morell.